Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Welcome. Yeah, you guys have a seat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to keep going. Oh, hold on. I know the passcode. There it is. Our kids know the passcode. They like to tell us that. I know daddy's passcode. You don't have to open it for me anymore. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm like, maybe we should change it. I know. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm so excited to be here to continue this series. Like Pastor Clint mentioned, we have a place in the app where you can take notes. And I think my favorite part of it is that at the very bottom, you can actually say, email me these notes and you will get an email with a PDF attached to it. And so you can print it out um, and put it in a notebook or you can just keep it in your email for later reference. And when you're doing that, it's not like we're like taking note of people who take notes. Like we don't get anything from your email that you send to yourself. You're not going to sign yourself up for any sort of mailing list. It's solely for your benefit and your growth. So we would love for you guys to get your apps out. This is like a pastor telling you to be on your phone during church. So we want you guys to take notes and we were making it super easy. So we've been hanging out in the book of Acts, which is one of my very favorite books of the Bible, because without the book of Acts, we wouldn't be here. It's really where people took, it's where people started taking the teachings of Jesus and applying them to their life. And that's where the church was born. And all of these years later, here we are. But you know what? All of these years later, we're really not much further than where they were then, because in the chapter 19, a guy named Apollos, he was an apostle. He had gone to a town called Corinth and Paul had gone to a town called Ephesus. And so he got to these people who were disciples, which means they had heard of and chosen to follow Jesus. They were disciples. They were Christians. And Paul said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we haven't even heard there was a Holy Spirit, which I feel like 2000 years later, we're not that much further along because people understand God, the father, people understand God, the son and Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is kind of like, what is that? So through this series, we're really trying to break down some terms and redefine them for you so that it, it loses its scariness. It loses its like mysteriousness because the Holy Spirit is our helper. We want you to know about him so that he can help you. So in the first week we looked at what does the word Holy Spirit actually mean? That was the term that we were trying to like redefine the first week. And we found out that it really a more accurate, uh, word to describe it would be a breath or like a burst of wind. So Clint had that. I, see, I'm the nice one. I'm not bursting wind in y'all's face today, but <laughs> it's really like a breath of, it's, he's our breath of fresh air. He's our burst of wind in our sails to keep us going. The Holy Spirit is something to run to, not run from. And then in last week, we tackled the word Pentecost. We talked about Pentecostal. What, what does that word mean? Which really, does anybody remember what it means? 50. It just means 50. It meant 50 days. And it was a celebration that the Jewish people, uh, they, it was a holiday every year for them. And Jesus, we talked about how Jesus came and he came to fulfill all of these uh, 
traditions and holidays that the Jewish people had always celebrated because he was new and he was fulfilling these and is still fulfilling them. So Pentecost isn't a word to be afraid of. It was Jesus bringing us the Holy Spirit who is our friend and our helper. So it's a good word. And today we're gonna talk about another word that might make some people nervous when they hear it and it's charismatic. We're talking about charismatic. And if you're like, isn't that like snake handling, tongue shouting, being slain in the spirit kind of thing? Like, listen, you're not alone if you think that because I used to think that too. And I was kind of like afraid of the word, right? But it really couldn't be further from that. And so before we jump into like, what does charismatic mean? I need to know who in here likes gifts. Does anybody in here like gifts? Like Gifts are like a love language. So listen, they're not really my love language. Like if you, if you want me to know that you love me, take something off my plate because I got too many things on them. But they are, yeah, doing the dishes. I looked at Clint this morning when he got up at like five o'clock and I was like, will you please do the dishes before you leave? And he did because he's so good. Thank you so much. But um, so <laughs> gift, gift get, receiving and gift giving isn't exactly my love language. It never has been. Maybe God will change me. Who knows? But there was one gift that I have given that I was like, super proud of. And I brought it with me. So this, you can't read it, but it says husband journal. I wrote in this journal, the first thing, the first entry is July 31st of 2007. So I wrote in this journal, not every day, but it's about halfway full to my future husband. You know, just like, hey, I'm thinking about you, thinking about our wedding. Because, of course, when you're little, like, all you think about is your wedding. You don't think about the marriage that comes after it. But I, was, I would write to my husband, and, like, there's actually a list. Where is it? I have a three-page list of qualities that I was praying for <laughs> that I put in here. Um, and so I had done this. And then finally, there's an entry that's like, Clint, do you see how I, I titled this your name? Because you proposed. And, like, it's just a really sweet, like, journal that I kept for my future husband. And uh, the day of our wedding, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to give this to him. This is the perfect gift. He's going to love it. I wonder what he got me. I wonder what it's going to be because this is really good. So like, I bet he got me something really good too. And um, so we saw each other before because our wedding wasn't until, the ceremony didn't start till seven and we wanted pictures and the light because we got married in January and who knows it gets dark at like 3.30 in January. So <laughs> we got pictures done before and one of the very first things we did was give each other our gifts. And so I was like, yes! And I was so excited and he cried and he was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. This is so thoughtful. This is so great. And then he handed me a pair of earplugs and he said, I snore a lot. And that was my gift. That was my gift. <laughs> was a pair of earplugs. <laughs> You're welcome. You know what I did? I used them every, every day for years. So I, it, it, was, it was thoughtful, just a different kind of thoughtful. But... So I am not, a, I, I, that's my best gift ever. Besides that, like I kind of stink at gift giving, but God has gifts for us. Right. There's three gifts we're going to quickly talk about today. The first is the gift of eternal life. And this comes first because this gift stands on its own, right? The Bible says, Romans 6, 23 tells us it's the gift. It starts out saying for the wages of sin is death. So in other words, if you don't want to receive this gift, you, you still have to pay for it. The gift has been paid for and it's either gonna be paid for by Jesus or by you. So the wages of sin 
is death, but Jesus didn't want us to have to pay for it, which is why he died for us. And the verse goes on, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So not only did we get forgiven for our sins, but now we get eternal life through Jesus. And now this is the best of the gifts. I need to say that this is the best of the gifts we're going to talk about today. And it stands on its own. And so what I mean when it stands on its own, you can't do anything to get it. You can't serve enough, you can't pray enough, you can't give enough, you can't do enough to get yourself eternal life. It is a free gift from God. And in the same way you can't do anything to get it, you can't do anything to keep it. It is yours, you don't have to do anything to keep it. It's not like, here's this, it's not a carrot that's dangled out in front of you that says, okay, when you do enough, you can come get it. No, when you have it, it's yours, and I'm, I'm taking the second to talk through this because the next couple of gifts do involve us doing something, but I want you to know that it's not because of the gift of eternal life. These are separated from that. That one stands on its own. The second gift God gives us is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about this whole week or this whole series. And Jesus himself told the church that this is a gift that he was giving us. Before he left in Acts chapter one, he said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So John baptized with water. That's eternal life. We get that. But look, it says in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So these are two separate different experiences. And if that's something new to you, make sure you come back next week because Pastor Clint is going to be digging into what does it look like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But this week we're focusing on this last gift from God and looking at what the word charismatic means. And this comes from a Greek word in the, in the New Testament. So it's not like it actually means snake handling and slain in the spirit and all of those things. That's not what it means. The word charisma or charisma in Greek actually means spiritual gift. That's what it means, spiritual gift. Or another way to say it is a divine enablement. And there's confusion about spiritual gifts, but this isn't new. Like I said, in 2000 years, we haven't really gotten that much further than the early church because we're still people and we're still broken. But Paul talked to the church in Corinth and he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, now about the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He didn't want them to be ignorant about them. And I don't want you to be ignorant about them either. And there's some confusion about like, are there even spiritual gifts? Because there are people who believe that spiritual gifts and signs and miracles, those all existed in the time of Jesus for a specific purpose. But as soon as the last disciple of Jesus died, they died with him, that we don't need them anymore, that the church doesn't have them anymore, that they don't happen anymore. So that's called, that they ceased then. So that's cessationism. People who believe that would be a cessationist. Um, But... The reality is if one miracle has happened from the time the last disciple died until today, that's not true. And who knows that God is still speaking. God is still moving. God is still working. God is still giving people gifts of the spirit. And there's, there's, there's still, there can still be some confusion because people don't really like the way that all like the gifts are packaged. And when I say all the gifts, I really mean that people don't like one gift. They don't like the gift of tongues. It is scary, and we're just going to go there for just a second. I want you guys to know and to think about if God, who created everything, who loved you enough to die for you, if he's got a gift to give you, 
Don't you think it's going to be good? It's a good gift. Nothing that God has for us should be scary to us because it is good if it is from God. You don't have to be afraid of tongues. You don't have to be afraid of any of the gifts. And just as, if, just as you shouldn't be afraid of one gift, it shouldn't all be focused on just one gift. In fact, here's what the Bible says. A spiritual gift is given to us, to each of us, so that we can help each other. So there's an assignment given to these spiritual gifts. And I believe that the enemy is going to do everything he can do to stop it from being stirred up inside each one of us. And I know that because he's been doing it from the beginning. So in the Old Testament, um, only special people had gifts of God on them. Only the priests really had anything to do with God. That was how people communicated with God. That's who would do the sacrifices and everything on behalf of the people, right? But then we get to the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes and God's power and his presence was poured out on everybody. And you better believe the Jewish people were like, they're not even Jewish. They got him. And they did because God loves everybody. He gave it to everybody. And so in the time of the early church, everybody was using their gifts that God had given them. And God was doing incredible things. But then once that age kind of went away, thousands of years passed, then the church started deciding we needed to put a little bit more order to it. And we needed to start giving people special titles that aren't even in the Bible. These words aren't even in the Bible, like clergy. Do you know what clergy means? One who reads, that's all. Like I read a lot, but like, so I'm, I'm going on a retreat with people. I say a retreat, that's really loose. Like we just got a Airbnb an hour away and we're going to just read for a couple days. And you know what? The other people aren't clergy and they like to read. So should I call them clergy? Like it's not in the Bible. It's not there. But people started assigning these um, names to people. And that's when they would say, you are going to operate, like the gifts are going to operate through you, kind of like the priests of the Old Testament. The gifts are just going to operate through you, and we're just going to let you do the work of the church. And that's where the term layman comes from. Like, it was almost like they would just lay down on the sidelines and let the clergy go and do the work. But then, in the 1500s, a little event happened called the Protestant Reformation. And really, that happened because they read their Bibles and saw this idea that we're talking about today. And they saw that no, the presence and the power of God doesn't just sit on a few people, it's for everybody. And this idea is called the priesthood of all believers. That these gifts that God, have, God has, it's not just for specially selected people, the Bible says it is actually for everybody. It's for everybody. And so they lived in this power for a while, and then a lot of stuff just kind of went back to the way it was. And sometimes I still feel like today, people think that me and Clint have these like powers that you guys don't have. They'll be like, can you pray for this? I'm like, of course, I will pray for you. I will do whatever you need me to do. But you know what? You know whose prayers are just as effective? Kim, Ryan, Sam, anybody else. The prayers of a righteous person are effective. So like, it doesn't have to be us. We're not special because you know what? We're just one of you guys. We're just using the gifts that God has given us to lead and to teach, to lead the church. But we can't do this on our own. We're just a member of the dream team. The church takes everybody. It's not just us. We aren't special. There's a purpose in each one of you guys. And you've just got to find it if you don't know it already. So here's a super simple definition of a spiritual gift. 
A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children. So what that supernatural word means is just that when you're using that gift, you know that God is doing it with you. Um, it's, it's easy because God is with you doing it. Um, that God gives each of his children so that together, that word together is so important because none of the gifts of the spirit are going to work completely effectively on their own. Like that we're all a part of a, the body of Christ, right? So if we're using that analogy, follow with me. If you find out you're a hand, you have the gift of being a hand. Unless you're like the little thing on Adam's family, you know that little guy, he's cute, he's cute. But unless you're him, you can't do much on your own. You need to find an arm to get connected to that needs to have a shoulder, that needs to have a torso, that you have to have all of the pieces of the body of Christ to be able to work effectively. So we work, we have supernatural ability that he gives each of his children so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. That's why we have it, to advance his purposes. Gifts come with a purpose because God has something that he needs us to accomplish together. And I want to take just a second again to honor the people in our dream team. Some of them are even in here because they're over with your kids and they're creating a safe space for your kids to learn about Jesus and grow together and to know that church is a safe place for tough things. Like that's what they're doing over there. They might be holding your crying babies. Listen, I heard last week about a super tired and super hungry baby and that they were crying. And I was like, there's no way because I didn't hear it. And she was like, no, we just managed it and they just did it. And you know what? We were able to be here in quiet and be able to receive from the Lord because of people people who give up their time and they love their babies. And guess what? Everybody was happy by the end of it. They're, they're just like killer over there. They're so good. Um, or there's people who get here early to set up. Do you know what they use this room for during the week? If you were to take the curtains down, there's actually like hooks because they use it for chair volleyball. This is like a chair volleyball arena during the week. <laughs> but we have dream team who get here early and they set it up. So they create, they turn an ordinary space into a holy space every single week. Or there's people like Harrison who use natural, natural gifts and Carla with a guitar and singing. Or there's Kevin with like, gosh, the spiritual gift of flexibility who just is like, whatever I need to do, I can do. I've never run sound. Yeah, sure, I can learn. Like, we couldn't do this alone because God has given each of us a gift to use together to accomplish his purposes. And this is such a foundational message for the New Testament and for our church here today. And this is really why we have a growth track. We have a growth track because like, sure, you can learn about the church. Sure, you can learn where you can get plugged in. But in between there, there is a lot of who are you? What has God put inside of you? And we want you to be able to discover and develop and use the gifts that God has for you. So today I want you to, there's three things that I would love for you to consider doing. The first, I want you to discover the gift that God has for you because he has a good gift. It doesn't mean that it might be natural. Like it might not be playing guitar or singing. Like you might not have any idea what it is because spiritual gifts aren't natural. They're supernatural. So you might not have any idea because you've never been put in a situation to use it. So if you hear that and you're like, well, then how do I find it? The Bible says that we have different gifts. 
So in the New Testament, there's a list of about 27 different spiritual gifts. You need to put yourself in a situation where you can learn about them. You need to be able to know what's out there so you can start asking the Holy Spirit to bring up inside of you, like what are the things that God has wired me to do naturally? And that's what you do at the growth track. And honestly, I don't think that the 27 spiritual gifts was ever meant to be exhaustive. I don't think that God was like, okay, 26, 27, I'm done. Never making another spiritual gift. It doesn't matter how the world changes. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I think that the God of the universe is creative enough to give his people the gifts that they need to reach the culture around them. But the verse goes on to say, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So the Greek word here for gifts is charisma, charisma, and the word used for grace is charis. So what does charismatic mean? It literally just means a grace gift. It means a grace gift. It means that what you're doing is easy for you. Like what I'm doing right now is easy for me in the sense of like, I'm not afraid to do it. Like, yes, I can always improve. Yes, I can always get better. Of course, there's like a few little nerves, but I'm not like, "Ah." but there are people in this room that if I get handed them a microphone and I said, please go up and just announce growth track on June 3rd, they'd be like, no, like, (laughs) I know that I know that. And that's okay because this isn't their grace gift. And this is my grace gift or people that are like overseas doing mission work overseas. I went with my dad when I was, I turned 19 while I was there to Africa for two weeks. And God has not graced me to be an overseas missionary. Like he just hasn't, I was very uncomfortable the whole time. The malaria medicine made me cranky. I didn't like it. I spent my 19th birthday cranky from my malaria medicine, riding through dirt roads in the middle of Africa. And I was like, why am I here? I don't want to do this. I remember my dad was told like what my dowry would be if I were to get married there. Um, like Like the sights and the sounds and the smells were just so overwhelming to me. Like, I remember tearing up because I was just so sensory overwhelmed. Like, it was not my thing. I got, we got home and like my mom had missed, we traveled for out like 24 hours or something. And I called Clint when we landed and I was like, we are on American soil. And he said, okay, well, um, your mom just got to my house because she had the time wrong that y'all were getting home. And I was like, no. I was so upset and then they missed the exit and I just sat there and cried. God bless my dad for sitting there with me for that long. So will I go on overseas missions trips? Sure, I'll go, but I'm also gonna like dance a little jig when I get back on American soil because that is not my grace gift. Or like Shelby, working with middle schoolers every single day and then going to serve in Oasis students. Like God bless you, Shelby, but you know what? That's her grace gift. That's what she's comfortable in. Students in the room, I love you. I love you. I just don't get you. I don't, I don't get you. But like God has given Shelby a grace gift for that. So charismatic just means it's a grace gift. It's something that comes easy to you. It might not be a natural ability, but it's something that comes easy to you. So how do you find it? you come to growth track. If you hadn't already picked that up, you come to growth track. Give us three hours, just three hours, nine to 12 on June 3rd. And what you're gonna discover 
is that God didn't just give you your eye color or your hair color or your incredible height. He didn't just give you those things. No, in Psalm 139, it says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So God created everything inside of you. He wove these desires and these gifts into you. They are just inside of you, whether you know it or not. And that's, that's how you see the world. The way that you are wired impacts how you see the world. Say you had the gift of, of like helps. You're a very practical person, hands-on. You want to make sure everything's just right. And that's how God's wired you. If you walked in this room and the chairs were crooked, you might start fixing them because that's the way God wired you. But if you have the gift of, of mercy or of hospitality or something, you might walk in the room and notice the person sitting by themselves and go sit with them and talk to them about their day and what, you know, who are they, where they come from, that sort of stuff. So it's, it's the same room, the same environment, two different experiences because God wired people completely different because there's a gift inside each one of us that is unique to you. So David goes on in Psalm 139 and he says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David is praising God because he knows what God has put inside of him. He knows how God has created him. And there's so many of us in this room that probably can't say that because you don't really know what God has put inside of you. But just give us three hours. And I really believe that at the end of it, you'll at least be at the beginning of being able to say and live out the rest of the verse. The verse goes on. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Some of you guys, here's a word for some of you guys. Some of you guys are allowing someone else or something else to write a book about your life that you know isn't from God. And you're just letting it happen. You're just letting it happen. But God has a book that is filled with days ordained for you. And he put things inside of you for the days that he ordained for you because his design in you reveals his destiny for you. His design in you reveals his destiny for you. It's in there. Even if you don't think it is, it is in there. So the next thing we're going to do is develop the gifts that God has given us. First, we have to discover them. We can't develop something we don't know about. First, we discover them. Then we start developing them. Because listen, gifts change as you grow and mature. They can, they can grow and mature with you the same way that I wouldn't let Lucy at five years old go out and mow the lawn because she's a teeny tiny little thing that couldn't even reach the handles. As she grows and matures, she's going to be able to do different things. She's going to be able to mow the lawn. And your spiritual gifts are the same. Maybe you discover like, oh, I have, like, I, I can smile at people. I can, I can have joy and be hospitable. And maybe there's a little gift of hospitality in there. Okay. So maybe you start greeting people at the door. And then as you grow and you start developing this gift, you might see that God adds on a little bit of gift of leadership for you. And you can start leading a team of greeters who are out there. You see what I'm saying? You have to develop the gifts that God has for you. The Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit. So our motivation is always love. Our motivation is never to like one up anybody or to like your motivation is should never be to get on platform and speak because listen, 
it's scary. It's not worth it. It's scary. You don't want this. This shouldn't be your motivation. Um, our love should always be our motivation, but we should eagerly seek. And another translation of this says covet. Like you should see somebody else's gifts and say, God, I want that gift. I want that gift to be able to lead that well. Or I want that gift to be able to see people and what's really happening in their lives. We should covet the gifts of the Holy Spirit and seek them all out. Ask God for all of them. Ask God for everything he has. And some of you guys know that there's a gift in your life and maybe you've used that gift in the past, but it's kind of gone dormant. Maybe it's a season of your life or circumstances that you found yourself in that you haven't really been able to use them But I'm here today to tell you, don't give up on the gifts that God has put in your life. Don't give up on the dreams that he's put in your life. Because no matter what you've done or how far off his path, how far away you are in the book that he's written for you, he is big enough to get you back to where you're supposed to be. He's big enough to be able to course correct and get you. Because listen, if God has written a book of all of the days of my life, I promise you that I have added chapters to that book that were never supposed to be there. I have added chapters, but guess what? The last chapter always fits. The last chapter always fits. So say we live in Nashville, right? If you're going to Knoxville for a UT game, go Vols, right? Am I right? So listen, I don't even like the Vols, but I know a lot of people love the Vols and you go to Knoxville. So say you're going to Knoxville for a UT game. From, from Nashville, you would probably just hop on 40 East, right? You would get there three hours, bam, make sure you stop at Bucky's on the way. Don't miss it. Get you a sliced brisket sandwich. It's great. So, and the beef jerky. Oh my gosh. We got four pounds of beef jerky. Whenever we went to Alabama, we were like, we're going to be sweating beef out of our pores, but it was delicious. So, so you could get from Nashville to Knoxville three hours, right? Could you get to Knoxville by going through Chattanooga? Could you get to Knoxville by going through Chattanooga? Yeah, you could. You could go to Chattanooga and then you could turn North and you could get to Knoxville. Would it take you longer? Yeah, but would you still get there? Yes, it, you will still get there. Even if you are off course, it doesn't mean that you have to stay there. It does not mean that you have to stay there. I'm here to remind you to fan into flame the gift that God has for you. Fan that into flame. Listen, okay, does anybody here watch Survivor? Any Survivor fans? Listen, this... <laughs> Oh, I could, I could talk Survivor for hours. Listen, every, the end of every season they have, um, it's going to happen on Wednesday. If you guys have never watched an episode of Survivor, turn on Survivor on Wednesday and watch people build fires to win a million dollars. It's intense. It's so intense. But when they're in there, they're trying to get these little embers and they can build a roaring fire from these little embers just by blowing on them, just going. And the next thing you know, there's a roaring fire it, it breaks the, the rope and it does the flag and then they win a million dollars. Not really, they have to you know, be voted. But that's what I want to do today. I want to fan these itty bitty little embers of gifts inside of you. And I want them to be burning fires for the glory of God because it's in there. We just have to fan it a little bit. And then once you have discovered it and you've developed it, you get to use it. You get to use the gifts that God has put inside of you. If you don't know Jesus, your whole life is about finding him. But when you know Jesus, your whole life can be defined in one phrase, summarized. And that's to use the gifts that God has given you. 
Use these gifts that God has given you. And none of us are guaranteed a time to do it later. We can't say, well, maybe I'll lead a group next semester. Or maybe I'll go to growth track the next time they have it. Or like, oh, maybe I'll serve in a few months. Maybe next year. Next year when my kids are bigger and it's just, it's going to be easier. Listen, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And I'm not saying that as like a scary thing. I'm not, it's not doom and gloom, fire and brimstone, but we're really not guaranteed tomorrow. And first Peter tells us that God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Because when you get to your, when you, when your funeral is there, people aren't going to be like, oh man, Stephanie was thinking about using her gift of hospitality to invite me over in six months. Isn't that so great? No, they're not going to be saying that. We need to use the gifts that God has for us and the time that we are here. We need to manage them well. So can I be vulnerable for a minute? If you don't know, I'm kind of an open book. So I'm going to be an open book for you this morning. I didn't ask to be a pastor. I didn't ask to lead a church. I didn't ask for this leadership position or this burden on my shoulders or anything. I didn't ask for it. And honestly, I don't think I ever would have. This was never something that I saw coming. I was perfectly happy with being a pastor's wife for the rest of my life. Um, I was going to maybe be a campus pastor at Christ Fellowship and die in Florida, and it was going to be great. But God spoke this to me. And you better believe that every day since God has spoken this calling to me, I hear from the enemy, you're not good enough. You shouldn't be doing this. You don't have training. You're not qualified. You're a woman. Women should be quiet. Didn't you hear that? I, I hear that so often. And really, outside of Oasis, especially locally, like I don't really fit in. I don't really have a lot of people who are doing what I'm doing. Um, and it's really easy to feel lonely. And it's really easy to feel like I'm not good enough. And it's really easy to listen to all of these things that the enemy tries to tell me. But God... But God, because when I can get up here and I can use the gifts that God has put inside of me to help his purposes and to carry his kingdom forward, God gets all the glory. Because I look at this and I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is you. This is not me. This is you. And when I see what God has already done through Oasis, it's miraculous. It's miraculous because some of y'all know me really well and you know that like, this isn't from me. And if you don't know me really well, get to know me and you'll be like, oh, this isn't because of her. Okay, it's just, it's not. But no matter what the enemy tells me, no matter what the world says, no matter how my flesh wants me to feel, because of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me, I can stand up here and say, I was made for this. This is what God has put me on the earth to do. This is what he has gifted me for. This is what he's wired me for. This is what I was made to do. And so because of that, because I have seen God be so faithful, that's really what we exist for at Oasis. We exist to reach people and connect lives. We want to connect lives to each other. We want to connect lives to God. And we want to connect lives to the purposes put inside of them so that one day you can say, 
I was made for this. You can confidently know I was made for this. And this is the last thing, the last note that you have to fill in. I want you to write, I was made for this. Even if you don't know what you were made for, write it prophetically. Write it believing that God is going to show you what you were made for. He has a gift and a purpose that's already there. It's already been written in your books. We get to discover it, we get to develop it, and we get to use it. And you don't have to do any of those alone. We are here. We are here to help you. Come to Growth Track on June 3rd. Make it a priority to be there. If you absolutely can't make it on the 3rd, we will do it again. But if you can make it on the 3rd, make it a priority and be there. I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. God, thank you for this foundational message of the New Testament and of this church. Thank you, God, that it's not, the, the work of the spirit and the work of the church is not just on mine and Clint's shoulders, but you get to accomplish your purposes through the whole church, the big C church, through the gifts and the talents and the purposes and the callings that you have put on each and every person in this room. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I want to fan those into flame. God, I pray right now, you are bringing things to people's minds that they're starting to see a pattern of things that do come naturally to them or they are easy for them or, or however you want to reveal it to them. God, I pray for that right now, that you would fan into flame the gift that you've put inside of people. And God, forgive us for times where we have been afraid of your gifts. Forgive us for times where we have just sat on the sidelines and let other people carry your kingdom forward. God, we are grateful for your good, good gifts and we desire them and we covet them, all of them. We will take whatever good gifts that you have for us. And in this moment, I wanna be clear that this process can't even start until you accept that first gift. You can't get the gift of the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts if you don't have the gift of eternal life because salvation can be found through nobody but Jesus. You call on his name, you surrender your life to him and you can be saved. He'll be building a house for you in heaven and using you mightily on earth. And so if that's you and you need a relationship with Jesus, you need to accept that eternal life. You can pray this right now where you are. Jesus, thank you for taking my place. Thank you for dying for me, for paying that bill that I couldn't pay and giving me the gift of eternal life. Thank you for forgiving my sins and please give me your Holy Spirit to live inside of me and help me live my life in the way that you've always wanted me to. Live inside my heart and I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.